My chair is so squeaky, I just assume you heard it, but I am legitimately excited. I'm legitimately excited because we are going to start on something that I kind of wanted to do for a long time. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I did Let's Read uh, some free Amazon book, and it was Alien Caveman's, oh, Caveman Aliens Rage. Got to get the name right. And that was the third book in the series. I think there were, I don't remember how many there were. There were a bunch. We have decided to go back to the beginning. It, it, like, I thought, ah, oh, it's going to be written terribly, and I'm going to make fun of it. And that is kind of what I did, but it wasn't written that, t- like, it wasn't good. It wasn't, like, high literature, but I don't think it was intended to be high literature, so I wasn't offended by it. And then the concepts and the ideas of women being stolen from Earth, being brought to an alien planet where they're all cavemen and dinosaurs kind of reeled me in. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go see what the first book is called and I'm going to get the first book and I'm going to read that. That's going to be C. McBee Reads for the next X amount of... I'm going to read one chapter each time. So it's basically one chapter a month. It might take a full year to finish this book. I don't know. But the titling will be C. McBee Reads Alien Caveman so you can actually just follow it in order. If you're interested, if you don't like it, you can just skip those episodes. I'm trying to make this as flexible for you as possible that's that's because i'm considerate i've had a couple of afternoon cocktails because I, I was so excited about this callista sky i believe is more than one has written more than one series of books there's another one it was a uh, alien abduction also written by something sky which made me think this was the essentially the same book but and they'd use a different pen name and stuff but uh, whatever I, because I'm in Japan, I had to pay 200 yen. I used my Amazon points, so I still got this for free, very technically. So we start off. For the people who are listening to this, the exclusively audio version, it comes with a cover. Caveman, Aliens, Ransom. And I think they took a picture of a man on steroids and still did Photoshop. That's how big this guy is. His triceps particularly are so jacked they could actually be his pectorals Uh, behind him are some planets planets smaller than his shoulders he's got a a jawline that could break a man in half pectorals that look like pillows that are yet hard and soft so maybe a memory foam he's got more abs than necessary and they're sort of overlapping probably because they're too big for his human body but again we have to remember he's not human he's an alien caveman uh then underneath the title alien uh, caveman i'm gonna say alien caveman a lot caveman aliens ransom is a picture of a tyrannosaurus now, I talked about the last one I read with a friend, and he said, like, oh, you know, they're not. And I'm like, yes, but they actually acknowledge that in the book. That it's not a Tyrannosaurus. It is an alien animal, reptile, that looks like a Tyrannosaurus. So the humans are calling it Tyrannosaurus for lack of a better term. So I'm very forgiving because the author is self-aware enough to know to put that kind of stuff in. I just realized this is page one of 2,943. <laughs> That can't be accurate. All right, we go to Caveman Aliens Ransom by Callista Sky, published in 2017. Callista Sky must be putting out a book pretty regularly. 
like often. So this must be a full-time job, but at the same time, if these books are being sold, sold is, should be in quotes, for free, that's problematic. Uh, it's a work of fiction, similarities, real people, places, or events. It's on an alien planet. I don't really have to worry about it. Entirely coincidental, we can accept that. All right, written by Callista Sky. Title page, copyright page. We have gotten to the table of contents. There are 30 chapters. And at the end, it says more books from Callista and epilogue. More books from Callista is going to be the rest of the series and maybe other ones. Oh, my God. Uh, a sci-fi BBW alien faded mates romance. It says at the top. BBW I big beautiful woman when I saw BBW I thought it was uh, something else that if I say it sounds vaguely racist but I'm not sure alright subscribe to my new letters be the newsletter uh, be the first to know when I release a new book uh, I might actually do that later on because let's face it I've gone to the, the effort of actually getting a copy of the book I'm a fan this is how the other book de- uh, started out. It starts out with the character. This is the introduction. So we don't know who any of these people are. Uh, so we're learning. We're learning together. And that's the best kind of learning. Okay, let's try one. Oh, so it starts with chapter one, Sophia. I might do two then if there's 30. I was hoping, yeah, 15. But anyway, we'll not worry about that. We'll see how long it takes. Okay, let's try one more. Amelia? I try to rub the sleepiness out of my eyes and take a short step back from the test bench to let the Mexican girl come forward. Let's see now, Amelia says, and takes a second to come up with something. Este es un buen día. She says very clearly into the little microphone. These was a belt varnish curtain, the translator machine says in its bright voice. Groans of disappointment fill the room. I don't believe this. I clench my eyes shut for a second. I want to bang my head against the lab table. It's been a long day and progress has been slow. Now, it feels like things are going backwards. Damn it! I really thought we had it this time, Caroline says. Did Caroline come up? I'm not going to worry about it. You're starting fresh. I'm going to forget everything I've already previously conceived about caveman aliens. They're going to take away our grant. I just know it! The blonde Norwegian girl started the day looking radiant as usual. But now she looks just as exhausted as we all do. Fuck the Norwegians! I will be editorializing a little bit. And those Norwegians, for their beauty standards of being genetically pure. It's not totally wrong, Heidi says, always the optimist. She pushes her glasses up to the bridge of her nose. It does identify the verb correctly. Almost. Well, kind of. I'll try one! She takes a step forward. She takes a step forwards. She takes a step forwards. I guess that's technically correct. Guten Tag, we guests, she says in German. Your mother's be a slut, the little machine responds happily. Heidi flushes, and for a moment, I think she's going to punch the translator device. Mist, that's not what I said. Yes, fine, it is kind of true. Oh, she's making a joke about her mom being a slut. Hey, she's been lonely since the divorce. But that's none of this Verdenmunden machine's business she kicks a chair and it falls over very noisily I've, I, I totally sympathize uh, this has already taken a weird turn I do like the exposition I am enjoying it so far it struggles with tenses and plurals Delia says the mistranslated words are less important I'd recommend turning the secondary implicator to a margin of 11% 
That is all just what is called technical babble. For a moment, I just stare at her. I'm supposed to be the leader of this project, and even I'm not quite grasping what that means. But that girl from Atlanta is smarter than all of us combined and speaks seven languages like a native, so she's probably right. Okay, I say, not wanting anyone to know that I'm drawing a blank. Um, could you do that, please, Delia? Sure thing. She gets busy with the setup. I stick my hand into the lab coat's deep pockets. Uh, if you're working with just machines, translation machines, so I'm assuming this is computer software, there's actually no need to be wearing a computer lab coat. Unless you're in one of those like rooms where they won't allow any dust in the room, but that seems unlikely in this case because they're working with a grant. Balling up my hands into tight fists in frustration. We've been working on the experimental translation device for weeks, and at first things look great. The little machine is tiny, just about the size of a cell phone battery, and it's capable of teaching itself all kinds of languages just by listening to them. But the past few days, it seems like we've been going backwards, and the translator just sounds more stupider than, or more stupid than ever. Let's try the other way around, Caroline says and comes forward. Set it to Norwegian, Sophia. I change the setting. She bends down over the microphone. I really like these boots. Du virgne spise dete svombesenget. The translation machine replies instantly. We all look at Caroline. She sighs deeply and looks at me apologetically. You'd like to eat this swimming pool. More groans fill the room. It seems hopeless. I glance up at the wall clock. One past midnight. Is that one minute past midnight? I should let, just let the girls go home. All this was my idea after all, and now it looks like uh, it has been a total waste of time. I look around the room and try to look upbeat, but I know my smile is tired. The girls are too. They're all bilingual and have been picked apart because of that. And so, oh, and have been picked partly because of that. Apparently my afternoon cocktails was a bad idea for reading. So that we can test the machine properly. They're patient too. None of them have suggested we call it a day despite the late hour. Okay, one more adjustment. Then we go home for the weekend. I can feel the atmosphere lighten when I say it. Yeah, we've all had enough of this. If this thing doesn't work on Monday, this project is officially a failure, and Professor Wilkins, the son of a bitch, will cancel it. The device contains a hyper-advanced computer chip that comes straight from the university lab, and they can't let me hang on to it forever. It's supposed to be a long step closer to true artificial intelligence. It's the only one that exists, and is worth more money than... And it's worth so much money that Professor Wilkins wouldn't even tell me how much. Huh. I don't think they would just let students in a lab use it then. Even if they're like graduate students. She was afraid. Everyone's a woman. I weirdly assumed because all the people we've met so far are women that Professor Wilkins was going to be a man. But I was wrong. Professor Wilkins is a woman. My bias has shone through very clearly. She was afraid I'd refuse to assist her with the project if I knew how much it cost. I added that last bit in because I had already interrupted myself. Well, I can only hope she'll be kind enough not to give me a failing grade. Is this for a grade? You're working on hyper-advanced translation technology for a grade? That doesn't seem like it makes sense. I'll work on the thing all weekend alone, but I just know it won't work. Well, that's a bad attitude. If it doesn't, I'm pretty sure I'll take a hammer and smash the damn device to a thousand pieces just to get closure. After I very very carefully take out the chip out. I'm adding in words because I'm reading faster than I'm speaking. 
I add a line of code on the computer the device is connected to. How about Italian this time? Aurora. We have Sophia Aurora. We have a Norwegian. We have a, a girl who speaks Spanish. I mean, this is a this is kind of a dream come true, to be honest. And, and apparently they're all gorgeous. The building suddenly starts shaking violently. Ooh, I think this might be our abduction. Uh, the building starts to shake. Sh- no, I'm too excited to read. The building suddenly starts shaking violently, and I have to steady myself on the desk not to fall over. What the heck is this? Earthquake, some of the girls yell and dive under a desk. Good move. One thing I've learned in Japan is you dive under desks or under a table because if you have fluorescent lights, the fluorescent lights will fall out of the ceiling and smash on your head. That's why you get under the desk. If the building falls over, desk isn't going to save you. But you can at least avoid some cuts. And that's what it feels like. Everything in the room is trembling hard. I want to make sex jokes. And the noise from all the lab equipment is terrible. But there's a rumbling too, a deep noise that's making my teeth rattle as if someone is playing a very bass-heavy tune on speakers the size of a house. But this sound is sustained and even more, not like a rhythmic bass line at all. I frown. This is nothing like an earthquake I've ever felt. And I'm from California. A light fixture falls from the ceiling. Oh, exactly what I said you need to protect yourself from. So kids, if you're listening to this, pay attention to... Chunk McBeef chest safety tips. They are accurate. And breaks into a million fragments in a terrible crash. Get down, Sophia! Someone is yelling from the floor. Oops! I'm the only one still standing up! I grab the super expensive translator and throw myself down. I just... Oh, just as I dive for the floor, there's a deafening ripping noise and a screech of tortured metal. It rains dust and wood and insulation material. Probably uh, that's toxic, so you be really careful around that. And little fragments of concrete, and the room is suddenly much darker as the lights go out. I feel cold air on my hands and face. I just about dare to glance up from the table I seem to have crawled under. I seem? You, you know you did it. Ah, the roof is gone, but it didn't fall down. It was taken off the building like the lid of a styrofoam cup. Please don't use styrofoam. Uh, that is, this was written in 2017, but even then we knew styrofoam was not bad. Not Don't, cardboard, waxed paper on Japan, they're shifting a lot of things to bamboo. These kind of things will degrade over time. Uh, maybe the reason she's being kidnapped off this planet is because she's trying to kill it with her styrofoam cups. This is one weird earthquake. Actually, all the evidence and your intuition has made it very clear, this is not an earthquake. The other girls in the room are screaming, and one in Norwegian. And I'm pretty sure I'm doing the same, but I can't be sure because of the noise around me. I squint. What's that outside in the darkness where the ceiling used to be? Wait, so you're under a desk. If you look up, you're going to see the bottom of the desk. You're not going to see the sky. So I guess your assumption that you had dived under the desk was incorrect. Which is, okay, I'm not going to ask too many questions. I just got to deal with the narrative as it's presented to me and not take it too seriously. This might be the hard part for me. It's something big and bright, shining with a light so cold that it freezes my soul. It's round and ghostly and appears to hover in the air like a helicopter. No, not a helicopter, I realize. More like a, a flying saucer? Oh, the logic here is amazing. Then I'm definitely screaming my lungs out and I'm suddenly hanging in midair suspended in a beam of green light that somehow... Green? 
it's very low-hanging fruit science fiction when the beams are green. I don't know why. I bought some Razor products, and they, their whole branding is green, and I actually thought it was pretty cheesy. I do appreciate that they're consistent, though. She's suspended in a beam of green light that somehow stings my exposed skin. Oh, that's neat. The other girls are hanging over and under me in their white lab coats, and we're slowly being pulled up towards the one saucer-like fish. Huh? That one saucer-like fish on an invisible line. We're being pulled up towards that one saucer, like fish on an invisible line. I think we needed a comment there. And beyond. Oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. Page four. We've hit our first swear. I can see the at least 50 huge flying saucers spread out over the city, all with green beams coming out of their undersides and little strings of humans suspended in them. <gasps> oh, my. This is a classic 1950s. We're stealing all your women to, to I assume, uh, offset the damage we've done to our planet and create... Uh, continue our species which is what I was hoping for I notice I'm clutching the translator device in my hand as if my life depends on it but right now I'd hang on to a live tiger with all my strength if it would mean the slightest chance of this not to not be happening but it absolutely is happening the cold night air in my lungs the screams the details I can make out on the campus beneath me including my rusty bike I feel the sting of panic tears behind my eyelids whatever this is this isn't good that's actually interesting so it's picking up the 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 women I can almost guarantee it's all women so it's picking up the women it's not picking up any other objects so if you start to cry in a beam that's pulling you up to a spaceship would the tears go up because they're part of your biology or would they drop because they aren't part of what they're... How specific is the targeting beam is the question I really want to know right now. So I feel the sting of panic tears behind my eyelids. Whatever this is, it isn't good. I mean, if you're hovering in the air over a city and you haven't jumped out of an airplane with a parachute, correct. It is not good. The university buildings are getting smaller under me when I look up. How high is this? Because there's actually an oxygen issue that comes into play, but we won't get into that. I see a dark round hole in the flying saucer. It glows with an unhealthy sheen. If it's dark, it cannot glow at the same time. It glows with an unhealthy sheen that makes me think of radiation. Hmm. Something in the beam wants me to lose consciousness, but I'm stubborn and I struggle to keep my eyes open. That's an interesting bit. Just before I have to give uh, just before I have to give in and let the darkness fill my mind, I force two thoughts to pass through it. This is definitely an alien invasion of Earth, and I'm being kidnapped. Well, that's chapter one. Okay, so there's 30 chapters, but that only took about 10, 15 minutes. So this is the second one. I'm gonna make the kids take him out again in the afternoon. He is fast asleep. He's gotten on the bed, hit the pillow. And fallen asleep. Uh, I I am now sorely tempted to go over and scratch him, but I, that would just wake him up. So we're just gonna let him sleep. The adage, "Let sleeping dogs lie," is accurate. All right, I'm gonna hit chapter two. That's what we'll do. We'll do two chapters at a time because these are not long. All right, we're back in it. Chapter two. Still, Sophia. Sophia, I believe, is going to be the main character of this book, but I do not know that for sure. 
uh, several women are being lifted up in the sky. I come too. And at first I feel pretty good. That was a good night's sleep I just had. And I'm feeling totally rested. So the beam is beneficial. My pillows, my pillow feels weird though, like all hard and cold. And what's that smell? Then I open my eyes and and sit bolt upright on a metal floor. Oh, fuck. This is... I think we're going to get one fuck per chapter, which is interesting. And I guess if they have sex later, that could count as the fuck. Huh? There's uh, my little twist on it for you. This isn't my dorm room. This isn't like anything I've ever seen. It's in a, She hasn't described Sophia. I kind of want a little description because the BBW alien faded mate's romance implies stuff, but I need a description. It's in half darkness, and the little light there is seems sickly and yellow to me. The floor is bare metal, but I have no idea which metal it is. Why would you consider that? Of your considerations, what kind of metal the floor is made of wouldn't be the first one. You'd be thinking, like, are there... Well, I guess I would be thinking, can I get out of here? Is there a door? Are there windows? Is it, like, bars? What is the actual setup? The material would be easily secondary, perhaps tertiary, to the main issue here of I've been caged like an animal. And then they're going to breed me. And then maybe my attitude would change to this whole thing. And I'd be like, huh, perhaps this isn't so bad after all. But I guess if I was being bred with caveman aliens, I might not be as excited about it. Uh, The floor is bare metal, and I have no idea which metal is. It feels smoother than iron and colder, which I have never sat on a completely iron floor. So I can't argue with that point, but that seems made up. It also implies no central heating in the spaceship. One of the more important things if you're in space is staying warm. And uh, it would imply that it's well heated inside a spaceship. Now, these are aliens. We don't know if these are the aliens and the alien cavemen are the same uh, species. So these guys might be caretakers for the caveman aliens, grabbing women from Earth and dropping them there to sort of increase the population. Uh, but we don't know. So we, haven't, we don't have no indication of who's flying the spaceship yet. I don't want to make assumptions. I want to learn. The walls are made from some different material that reminds me of plastic. It actually doesn't make sense to have a different material for the floor and the, and the, the walls at this point, but I'm not going to... Again, trying not to argue with the author. But the lights make it look yellow and dirty. I peer closer and try with my finger. No, the wall I'm sitting beside is absolutely dirty and leaves a nasty brown stain on my finger. Yuck! I try to wipe it on the floor, but it's not too successful. I just make dirty streaks on my finger. Yeah, I'm not going to smell that finger ever again. Probably. Not the cleanest place, looks like, says someone next to me. Their concerns are interesting. It's an interesting set of choices to be worried about. I would immediately be looking for exfil, which is a military term I learned playing video games, which means leave. I turn. The blonde hair is disheveled, but apart from that, she looks like herself. Caroline, they got you too? I think they got all of us, she says. But if I could figure out who's speaking, I could kind of give them voices. I think they got all of us, she says and points. 
And sure enough, all the girls who worked on the translator project are lying sit or sitting on the floor of what I can now see is a pretty large room with a low ceiling. Beyond them are more people, probably 30 of them as far as I can tell, all women for some reason. Now, I haven't read ahead. I'll be really clear about that, but I can tell you what that reason is. And the reason is there are some cavemen, men, who are jacked on steroids who need to breed. Somehow having the other girls there makes me a little, makes this a little less bad, which is a very selfish consideration because you actually would have hoped that they got away and only you got caught, you dumb, dumb bitch. Not by much, but still, shit, ooh, that's two swears per chapter i say because it seems the most appropriate thing right now what the hell is going on caroline sweeps back her hair from her face she's very pale and looks drawn we got kidnapped that matches my own conclusion fuck's sakes but i had to ask to make sure i'm not going crazy about aliens i add in flying saucers and we're in one right now you actually don't know that You were unconscious for an extended period. You don't know how long it was. You could have been transferred from the alien spaceship to another holding facility without your knowledge. So unless you have indicated that you can feel the ship in motion in some way, this is a facetious assumption and should not be held uh, dismissed, not acceptable in court. That's what I think too, Sophia. Oh, well, she thinks it too. I agree then. If this is some kind of science experiment you're running and the translator was just a front, then it's not valid anymore. I just called you out on it. Can't experiment, experiment on people who know they're being experimented on. I shake my head. If this is an experiment, it's not mine. You think it might be one? She sighs. No, I really don't. That beam and the roof being taken off shit. That's three swears. Sophia, I think we're in serious trouble. Her voice is trembling and she sniffles bravely. Two words that do not go together. I'm trying to sniffle bravely. No, because the sniffling sounds weak and pathetic. You can't sniffle bravely. I scoot, which immediately reminds me of dog scratch, uh, like Dave scratching his butt on the floor. I scoot over to her and hug her close. Touching something other than alien metal and plastic feels good. She's a warm, breathing human, and I cling to her for a couple of heartbeats, fighting down scared tears of my own. And then I whisper in her ear, mm, baby. Oh, sorry, I've kind of gone off my own story. We'll get out of this, I say into her ear. We'll do whatever it takes. I can feel her breath settling down just a little. You think? Yeah. We're the smartest chicks on campus, which is exactly why I think this wasn't written by a woman. Girls do not call themselves chicks. There was something in the in the previous chapter that I read a couple weeks ago that, ah, pitch a tent. I've never heard a woman use the term pitch a tent. So I'm now going to spend the rest of the reading of this book looking for indications this was not written by a woman, which is my suspicion. We're the smartest chicks on campus. Uh, I actually do not know any native English-speaking women who would call themselves chicks. Unless they were joking, and in this situation, we should not be joking. Well, you guys are. I'm not quite there myself, maybe. But I'll do my best. I don't know where those words came from, despite my mouth. I'm totally convinced we're all dead, and that a terrible fate awaits us. And I still say, th- stay, and I still say things, 
And still I say things that sound almost optimistic. Okay, uh, I've kind of lost the program here a bit. Well, it's not like there's much left to lose. Might as well believe in it that it will all work out. Maybe I should add belief in fairies and Santa Claus while we're waiting for the inevitable. I mean, at this point, it can't hurt. We both calm down. Better let me go, Caroline whispers. People are looking at us funny. Maybe they're getting into it. Uh, They'll think we're a couple. (laughs) You know, it's a joke. I wouldn't be into that unless you're into it. Hey, not that I would... Oh, Jesus, she just made the... Said the thing I was joking about. Hey, not that I would mind that much, but you know, I don't want to seem this easy. This happened in the, the other chapter from the other book I read. Is I would make a joke and then the author would say something. And I, I, I want to believe they're actually kind of making the joke I make, but it's written not funny. Which makes me think I'm making fun of someone whose actual sensibilities are realistically like what I consider humor, which is a very weird place to live in. We giggle and I feel a lot better. Hey, maybe our kidnappers are just kind fairies taking us on a cool vacation in their fancy saucer. I glance around the room. Nope! This isn't a cruise ship. This feels more like a cattle car for humans. And they did rip the roof off the lab instead of just sending us a nice invitation in the mail. Hey, Aurora, Heidi, I call softly to the other girls and wave them over. I just want us all to be together about this. There's strength in numbers, they say. And I'm sure we'll include some of the other women in here too. But right now, I want faces I can recognize. The girls stand up and they have to bend over not to hit their heads on the low ceiling. So the aliens might be short. Again, these clues, these small indicators are very important to the success that I want to experience within Alien Caveman's Ransom. Ransom is a very interesting term that I'm very interested in because I want to see where that goes. They bend over not to hit their heads on the low ceiling as they make their way over to us. Then we're together, all seven of us. We hug and sniffle a little and then start, you know, tugging at our shirts. And someone gets out a pillow. I don't know where that came from. And she hits me playfully and my booby falls out. Sorry. We hug and sniffle a little and then giggle and joke. It strikes me that these are some cool girls. No one is screaming hysterically or chanting, we're going to die, we're going to die. You could go to war with these chicks. Again, chicks. It's not how women refer to themselves. But I hope we won't have to. Just having them close to me makes me feel much better. There's a level-headed, there's the level-headed Caroline, the social, sorry, I got to start again. There's the level-headed Caroline, the social Aurora, the active Heidi, the soft-spoken Amelia, the reserved Elysia, and the fiercely bright Delia. Delia. I'm never going to get that name right. So they've created like a, a little Scooby-Doo gang of everyone has different basic character traits, which is cool. And me, the stressed out, the stressed out Sophia who Professor Wilkins picked to assist her with the translator project. I think back to some movies I've seen with people being stuck in a bad place together. They've always have the same kind of characters, seems like. First there's the leader who makes everything work out in the end and who survives just fine. Then there's the bitchy one who gets killed first. There's the coward who also gets killed. There's the stupid one that everyone likes but who screws up a lot. There's the traitor who betrays them all but is killed himself. And then who else? I don't want to be any of those. So you're actually, in a weird way, considering movie tropes as part of your story. 
which you should not do. We'll be just fine, I state, without believing it. It's more like an automatic reflex. Okay, fine. I decide that my role in this is to be the super cheerful one. We'll just be, we'll be just fine, I state, without believing it. It's more like an automatic reflex. Okay, fine. I decide that my role in this is to be the super cheerful one, the happy-go-lucky chick, third time she's used chick, the casual girl who believes that everything will work out fine and who sometimes survives the movie and sometimes doesn't. She's usually a... What the fuck? She's describing herself in terms she's making up using movie tropes. She's usually a little bit of an airhead too. That suits me just fine. Some of the other girls are so smart they sometimes intimidate me without knowing it. I scratch my head. So any idea what this is and how to get back? As soon as the words are out of my mouth, I clasp my hand to my mouth. Oh, I read that wrong. Oh no, big mistake. That's not what the cheerful one would say. That's what the leader would say. Oh, she is the uh, un... I drank too much at lunch. I'm honestly trying to remember a word, and it's not a hard word. It's the leader who doesn't want to be a leader. I'm hoping Mr. Warmhands will actually remember for me. The in, the un, the hesitant leader, something like that. I don't know. I think next time I do this, I might not drink at lunchtime, but I'm feeling pretty good. The reluctant, thank you for fuck's sakes, Peter, you're so dumb. Okay, the reluctant leader. And now, at least now I can move forward. And now all the girls are looking at me with some kind of expectation on their faces. Um, I begin, I should not have said that. I'm not the leader. I'm the happy-go-lucky one, question mark. Uh, I don't think this is how it actually works. I don't think leaders have decided that way anyways. I think if you say, I'm the leader, or I'm not the leader... Everyone's like, yes, you are not the leader. Regardless. If you say, I'm the leader, everyone's like, no, you're not. If you say, I'm not the leader, everyone goes, exactly. I think Caroline says slowly and looks around that we, maybe, that we maybe don't need a formal leader, but that you are the closest thing we've got right now. You led the project after all. It was an assignment. She didn't really choose that, but whatever. Ah, she may be the bitch of the story. I'm not sure I'm even the oldest one I try. Who's that? Age has nothing to do with it. Leadership has nothing to do with age. The Russian girl, unless I'm older than everyone else, then age is part of it. The Russian girl shakes her head. Nyet in Russia, leader of rebellion, usually die very badly or become evil dictator. I don't want to be any of them. Oh, God damn. This has fallen apart from exciting to just dumb. We all look at each other and shrug. Hard to argue with that. Delia, I try. You're the smartest one too. Deliah just smiles with blindingly white teeth and shakes her head. Don't even try, girl. You recruited us for that project. You're it. Ha. Huh. Two bitches in one movie? No, of course. Deliah is the unassuming genius who no one notices but who saves everyone close to the end. If this actually fucking happens, I'm going to be quite annoyed. If you said, like, I'm going to write down a series of movie tropes and I'm going to actually work that into my book. Seriously. If you did this as a comedy, I'd be okay with it. Seriously, this sucks. Well, I say I absolutely agree with Caroline. We don't need a leader. And if we do, it isn't me. So where are we? What happened exactly? Except she's now saying, let's organize the information we have like a leader would. So again, if you, if you left that uh, as unspoken, 
it actually would have been quite funny or interesting. Now it's just, again, you've done it too obvious. Callista Sky. They took the roof off the building and beamed us aboard, Heidi said, along with a bunch of others. I saw more saucers, too, as far as the eye could see, all the way to the horizon. I think they kidnapped hundreds of people, or thousands. I think I saw them blow up something, too. There were definitely explosions. We might be the lucky ones. We're all silent for a moment. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe everyone else is dead, and we're the only ones left. Damn! My family might be dead. The shock hits me to the pit of, in, my, in the pit of my stomach, and I gasp. <gasps> well, we don't know that, Caroline says quickly. We should probably base everything on the assumption that Earth still exists. <laughs> okay. If not, this could get pretty hopeless, whatever it is. I suggest that our goal is to get home. We all nod in support. I'm relieved that she seems to be taking on the leadership role and not the bitch role. I notice other women in the room gathering in little groups too. I smile and wave some of them to some of them. We're all in this together, and there's a lot of people here. Our kidnappers can't hope to subdue this many women at the same time. I feel my spirits lift. So how do we take control of this saucer? Break out of here, find the control room, Amelia says. Knock out the crew, steer home. None of that is going to be as simple as it sounds. Because the first thing about alien technology is it will be conceptually different to anything we've known. So the simple fact that alien technology requires you to cut your finger and in place DNA that you have to hold in place to interact with the computer. Like I just made that up in a second, but you need to do that. And then you have to have, of course, the alien DNA to be successful and it communicates directly with your brain. You don't have that ability. It has nothing to do with, you know, just let's take control of the ship. Can the aliens be knocked out? I like knock out the crew instead of kill. Because I would be like, let's neutralize the crew. And then I assume just crash the ship into the sun because I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, that's the easy part. Okay, okay, so how do we break out of here, I ask. Then I realize I'm not being cheerful. I mean, that's the easy part I had quickly. No problem. This room isn't that big, Aurora says. And looks around with her big brown eyes. Brown eyes I get lost in sometimes. But I can't see any doors or windows. I feel like a cargo compartment. Delia stretches her neck and scans the room. A perfectly circular cylinder, 40 feet diameter, four and a half feet in height, metal floor and ceiling, walls of unknown material, air with sufficient oxygen to be breathable to humans with no ill effects, pressure about one atmosphere, slight smell of sulfur, no visible windows or doors, one possible hatch in the ceiling. She's the data of this group. We all turn to where she's looking, and sure enough, in the middle of the ceiling, there appears to be a round hatch about the size of a manhole, or rather, a metal circle that could be a hatch. There are no handles or lock lock mechanisms on it. If this is completely enclosed, and they haven't said there's a light source, it would be completely black, and they couldn't actually see anything. Uh, So there has to actually be a light source, which is now of interest to me. There are no handles or lock mechanisms on this side. I get to my feet and carefully walk over there, trying to avoid banging my head. I push one hand in the middle of the circle and push, and the circle gives a little, just a fraction of an inch, before I have to let it back down. It's heavy, but not impossible to lift. Come and give me a hand, I hiss. Come and give me a hand, I hiss. Two girls come over and help me push the hatch up. It's opening. It's heavy going, but we gradually push straight up on the round hatch until we're standing on tiptoe. The opening is big enough that one of us should be able to crawl through. 
And now they're all looking at me again. Damn, they have a point. The happy-go-lucky one usually does a lot of the dangerous stuff. I should have thought of that. Fine, I say, committing to my role. This will be a walk in the park. Two of the girls get on their hands and knees so that I can climb on their shoulders. I peer into the crack between the hatch and the frame. Just as dark as, It's just as dark as there is down here, but the light is less yellow and more bluish. I slide slowly through the narrow opening. I read somewhere that if you can't get your hips through something, somewhere, then all, then all of you can... If you, oh, sorry. I read somewhere that if you can get your hips through somewhere, then all of you can get in. But my hips are pretty wide. And, I, and the crack is starting to feel narrow. Oh, Jesus. I jiggle and wriggle like a worm. But that, they must have put her in through that hole. So clearly she can get in. I now imagine her, she's kind of stuck in the hole and the aliens are like pushing down really hard. I jiggle and wriggle like a worm and suddenly my hips are through and I can pull my feet up after me. And then I'm standing on a new floor. I still have to bend over because the ceiling is low here. It's much smaller room than the cargo room below and the floor isn't metal. But that plastic material, it's a junction in a hallway six corridors radio from the end of the doors. What do you see, Aurora? What do you see? Aurora hisses from the hatch. I kneel down so that I can give my report without raising my voice from a whisper. It's a junction in a hallway, six corridors radiate out and end here in doors. Can I please have some company up here soon after Caroline, Aurora, and Amelia have joined me? Does anyone have any weapons? I whisper. We'll try to find the control room, and I'm not sure we can hijack this thing with our bare hands. If they have the ability to rip ceilings off buildings and beam individuals out of those buildings... You should start to assume that they have weapons that are significantly superior to any technology we have on Earth. So I'm now, because I saw Dune not too far long ago, like personal shields that you're not going to be able to penetrate, uh, weapons that will disable you, or even just like an aura that if you come too close, it just knocks you out. That would be very reasonable to assume. So you got to, weapons aren't going to do you much good. You have to think, you have to, they have to do recon. There's another military word I know. We rummage through our pockets, and in the end we come up with six ballpoint pens, chewing gum and breath mints of various flavors, lab goggles, $8.30, two tampons, and a bunch of notepaper. Tampons are a nice touch. I look at the sad little heap, trying to stay cheerful. Unless they're extremely allergic to spearmint, I'm not sure this will work. But of course, we will succeed, you know, in the end. We ask the girl still below to come up with weapons. Anything, I hiss to Heidi, anything, I hiss to Heidi through the crack. Nail files, scissors, string, forks. I mean, someone must have pepper spray at least. I can hear the call going round down there. Surely they must be able to conjure up something. This is something that happens in science fiction and fantasy a lot, is you get kidnapped or captured, and they put you in a cell, but they don't strip you naked. So you have all your stuff. Now, any sensible captor would not allow that. They would strip you probably down to your underwear. So you don't even have like shirts and shoelaces and stuff because an intuitive person can do something with that. So these aliens are either supremely overconfident or they absolutely know there's nothing you can do to them. Either way, it's probably overconfident you could maybe work with. You could write that into your story. In the end, I have a surprising amount of string. 
but no scissors and no forks. I guess everyone was taken by surprise when they were kidnapped. Well, you were beamed out of a building, and I didn't have time to get anything other than that. Uh, is that it? I sing. Is that it? I hissed to Heidi. String? That's what you asked for, she says indignantly. That's what you asked for, bitch? Some of the women here took the drawstring out of their sweatpants, and now they have to hold them up with their hands. Oh, wait. She disappears and comes back again with something black in her hand. How about this? I take the thing in both my hands. It's heavy. Oh, my fuck. It's a gun. Jesus Christ. How did someone hold back on that? I guess I guess if you had the gun, you would hold on to it, unless you were willing to go up to it. Very black and matte and ugly, and I can't help but notice that it fits in my hand perfectly. It's pretty small. Heidi is talking to someone down there and relaying the information to me. Glock 26, she says, 9mm, which I hope is how far it can... Sh- oh, Jesus Christ. Which I hope is not how far it can shoot. <laughs> You're fucking kidnapped. This is serious. Everyone knows a 9mm is not how far it shoots. I'm disappointed. Okay, it's the diameter of the bullet. Oh, Jesus Christ. It sounds kind of small to me, but whatever. You have 10 shots, she peers up at me. Is that good enough, or do you need more string? Uh, that, the, the ending was cute, but that 9 milli joke was garbage. Okay, chapter 3. I have to stop there. So, in approximately one month, we will return and read chapter 3 and chapter 4 of Alien Caveman's Rage, of which we have just read 8%. Uh, which, I mean, how happy is everyone right now? The ladies have been... So what, what I was wondering, when I read the, the, the chapter from book three, my actual concern was how did they get kidnapped? But literally chapter one, they just like, oh, we just beam these chicks. Chicks. I'm going to use the term chicks now because as far as I'm concerned, Callista has now established that women call other women chicks. Therefore, it's acceptable for me to call women chicks. So chicks, all these chicks were just beamed up. Uh... We are hopefully going to see some aliens. I would like to see some aliens. I am going to predict that they're going to get dumped on the planet without actually seeing an alien. Uh, and then they start to encounter the alien cavemen who are ripped on steroids. Caveman, aliens, ransom with the jackiest man who's ever been jacked. And like I said at the beginning, I believe they've taken a picture of a steroid man and still photoshopped his muscles to be bigger. Like, I actually think this tricep over here has been extended. Uh, it's almost like too perfectly. And then his shoulder. I think, I think it's just added a little bit to all the outside stuff. Uh, and then the dinosaur growling at his penis. And he appears to be wearing pants. Is he? I don't know. Those are veins. Maybe. Oh, he's just wearing like a jock? I can't see. Ransom is over his crotch, which is now easily the bit I'm most interested in, which is very clearly the point at which you should stop the podcast. So, I'm going to stop the podcast there. Oh, veiny hand. Oh, it is a veiny hand. He's grabbing at his dick. Yes, the the, the proportions actually work out for his hand. So that's... Has he got like a boner? Is that what that is? Uh, I'm going to go off line and uh, study a bit personally
uh, no implications there. I'm in the house alone. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, no, no, you know, whatever. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify or anywhere you get podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube slash Podcast or streaming on twitch.tv slash chunkmcbeefjest. You can find Ninja News Japan on Facebook. Send questions or comments to speakpipe.com slash velocipodcast. Link in the description. Check out all the podcasts in the Velocipodcast family. See McBee, Ninja News Japan and Daily Affirmations Weekly. Wow, this is pure 1950s science fiction action, with chicks and all. Just can't wait for them to call a woman a filly. Really I want a description of the aliens, because they are short, which should lead to some good jokes.